Donald Trump called him tough. Rush Limbaugh read one of his articles live on his radio show. Ann Coulter tweeted that article to her one and a half million followers and declared, every sentence is perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, former chief editor of the Jewish Press, Elliot Resnick. Welcome to the Elliot Resnick Show, where we interview fighters and firebrands on the political and cultural battlefields. With us today is Terry Schilling, president of the American Principles Project. In an ad last year, Schilling said, quote, seniors have the AARP and gun owners have the NRA. But where do families turn when politicians are causing them problems? The American Principles Project aims, in its own words, to make the family the most powerful, well-represented special interest group in Washington, D.C. It and its affiliated super PAC just spent $15 million on the midterm elections to, quote, educate voters on threats to the family from left-wing cultural extremism, end quote. Terry is the father of six and the son of the late Congressman Bobby Schilling. Terry, it's an honor to have you on the program today. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Elliot. My pleasure. I want to start by asking you about a statement that appears on the homepage of your website. It states, quote, pro-family issues win elections, end quote. Now, many political consultants on the right argue the opposite, that pro-family issues lose elections. Who's right? Uh, Well, obviously, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions around family issues like the right to life and around protecting children from being sexualized. I think it's very obvious, though, if you look at the issue with an open mind and you look at it uh, just clearly, the American people do not want their children sexualized in school. They do not want children going through gender transitions like hormone treatments or hormone replacement therapy or, or even surgeries as it's going on right now in school. Um, they don't want late-term abortions, right? I think most most of the polling, if you actually look into it from Gallup or Pew Research, most Americans want some reasonable restrictions on abortion. And so I think that there's this conventional wisdom out there that um, isn't really backed up by any facts or data or research. In fact, all the research points the opposite, which is that the American people are far more conservative in their family views than the Democratic Party is. I remember a few years ago, and I was thinking today I probably should have contacted you at the time, for around three or four years straight on the subway, there were advertisements, and excuse me, I'm a team bit of a prude actually, for the Museum of what's called Marital Relations, SEX, in big, big letters for three or four years straight. And I'm thinking to myself, there are you know, tens of thousands of more, probably hundreds of thousands of kids who are on the subway every single day. And how could they be there for three or four years without any politician? And I, at the time, was the editor of the Jewish Press, and I wrote some several Orthodox representatives in the city council and the state assembly. Only one of them got back to me. I was like, it's just bizarre. Like, like you said, forget Republican, forget Democrat. Your average parent does not want their 10-year-old seeing those advertisements on the subway day in, day out, day in, day out. That's exactly right. And we have, you know, what's interesting is um, we, we just ran a bunch of campaign ads in Maine. And we were attacking Governor Janet Yellen, um, sorry, not Governor Janet Yellen, Governor Janet Mills, for putting this book, uh, Gender Queer, in schools. It's literally a graphic novel that's just pure pornography and disgusting uh, content. It was in kids' schools in Maine. And we ran into this interesting dilemma where we weren't able to advertise it on television, the parts of the book that were really graphic, but the book was in schools in Maine, 
right? So we have these systems in place and these rules in place that allow us to get put these books in schools if the school board adopts them. But the FCC or, you know, all of the other uh, regulatory agencies around advertising and, and our broadcast networks, they won't allow it to be aired. So the irony is that the stuff was so bad in schools that we couldn't even let the parents know that it was in there through the normal airways. I met you a few years ago at CPAC where you sat on a panel and you pointed out how easy it is for kids to access pornography on the internet. And then I subsequently discovered an article you wrote three years ago. You wrote, quote, a 13-year-old with a smartphone in 2019 has greater access to pornography than the most depraved deviant could have dreamed possible two decades ago, end quote. Now, you can't buy a cigarette or a bottle of beer without showing proof that you're 18. Why shouldn't there be similar barriers to accessing pornography? No, exactly. Um, And this all goes back to a Supreme Court case in 1997 called ACLU versus Reno. The ACLU was challenging a law that Bill Clinton, a Democrat, had signed into place that put restrictions on online pornography. And essentially, um, it enforced age verification and it had a lot of protections. Well, the Supreme Court struck it down because they said that This law infringed on the right of pornographers and those that consume pornography. So basically, they chose the rights of people that like pornography over the rights of protecting our children. It's totally crazy. And so you have this weird world that we live in where online, you can't buy vaping products. You can't buy alcohol online. You can't can't do all these things. You can't gamble, right? Like you can't place a $10 bet on the Cubs to win the World Series next year without uploading a photocopy of your ID and verifying your, your identity and all that. But you can see a 10-year-old can, can go online and see, you know, an 18-on-one gangbang of a barely 18-year-old girl. Like, it doesn't make any sense um, until you realize that there is an agenda to break down sexual barriers uh, with Americans. And they're starting with our kids because kids are like sponges. They are moldable. They, you can shape them. And it's just, it's totally enraging. It makes no sense until you realize there are really sick people in the world that really want to reshape it and do a lot of damage to us. I think a hang-up that some people have, and this is also on the right. I mean, I, I grew up basically, you know, with talk radio and all that. And freedom, freedom, freedom is always emphasized. But the fact is that I've I've been learning a little bit more, the history of this United States, the federal government was very hands-off. State governments used to be much more hands-on. And even to today, we have a lot of hands-on laws. There's laws against public nudity. There's Till 2010, you could not get divorced in New York unless you were separated from your wife for, for an entire year. You can't curse on TV. If you say curse word on TV, the TV station will find you. As, as you mentioned, you couldn't advertise against these books. So, I mean, there are actually, there have been historically many laws, local laws, having to do with morality, and there still are till today. And I think it's important, perhaps, we could talk about this. We need to really sort of re-educate people on what the proper role of government is when it comes to morality. No, that's exactly right. I, I get into so many frustrating arguments with, with my friends. They, they're, they're, they just have a libertarian uh, leaning to them. And it's really frustrating because they, they will say things like, you can't legislate morality. Well, okay, that's a, that's a very simplistic way to think of it. Law is morality, right? Like law at a bare minimum is what a society says is 
their most basic morality, where if you violate that, you have to pay a fine, a penalty, a fee. You have to do some type of uh, restitution to society for, for violating a bare minimum of what society has said is acceptable moral behavior. So, like, the idea that you can't legislate morality is is idiotic. It, it, is, a, it is an ignorant um, thing to say. Now, you can't legislate people into being good, but you can make it more difficult to be bad. Right? You can put uh, penalties and punishments in place when someone, for example, grooms your child in school and convinces them that they're transgender. Or when someone brings a, a pornographic book like Gender Queer, you can have punishments in place for people like that so that it serves as an example of what will happen to you if you try to sexualize children. Right? So th- there should be some punishments for doing that. You should at least lose your job. Right, like you shouldn't just lose your job in schools for saying that marriage is between a man and woman, which is the penalty today. If you if you're a teacher and you tell your kids, "Well, I believe that marriage is only between a man and woman," you're getting fired. But if you give those same kids in that same classroom a pornographic book like Gender Queer that has depictions of masturbation, sex between minors, all ty- like literal visuals, you don't have any punishments. You know, nothing. So the idea that you can't legislate morality is garbage. You can't legislate people into being good, but you can definitely make it harder to be bad and to have bad effects on other people. Otherwise, we would. what's the point of any law? We want to say that there's a punishment for doing bad things in this society, that there will be justice that you face. That's the whole point of law. It's justice, right? That law is to help us achieve justice in society. And I think a minimum thing that a just society would do is to protect its own children from being groomed and sexualized in school and being confused about their gender um, and all that. So if you disagree with that, okay, I guess we can fight it out at the polls. Because the Democrats, I'll tell you, the Democrats are legislating morality right now, right? The Democrats are instituting punishments for people who believe in traditional sexual values and traditional marriage and all of that. They're punishing you, and they've been punishing you for a long time. You've just been on the slow boil, but the, bo- they, the, the pot's starting to boil over now. And if you can't see that, um, which I think everyone knows that they're just a little bit too afraid of, of what the consequences are for fighting back. I mean, I guess the counter-argument to play devil's advocate is we are so divided as a society today. Our beliefs are so different than the beliefs of the, of the left that the only real option to have peace between us is not to involve law in these issues at all. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's a fair argument, but I, I think if you actually put it up for a vote and make these issues the campaign issue and run on it, you'll win. Right. And then unfortunately for a a nation that's a democratic republic uh, like the United States, unfortunately for the minority is you have some rights, but you don't get to tell everyone else how to live. And so, I mean, look, yes, the two parties are very far apart, but the American people are not far apart. There are super majorities of Americans that say no sex changes for minors, no pornography for anyone under 18, no grooming kids in schools. Kids should be free from sexualization. We shouldn't abort babies at the ninth month that are eight pounds, seven ounces, right? We have the majority. We're just unwilling to use it. And I'm so tired of the small minority elite that is in charge of the media and our financial institutions and the internet and social media companies and everything telling us that, well, the nation's divided. No, no, no. You're just in a small bubble, Whoopi Goldberg. You're just in a small bubble that's out of touch with where the American people... Go to a union stockyard and ask the workers there if they think sex changes for minors is okay. Go to your local, like, 
town bar where, you know, people are getting off of work and ask them what they think about kids under 18 having porn in school. They're not going to be happy about it. That's why they have this whole parental rights revolution going on all across the country. So the only thing, division is it's between the elites but they're not the country, and we need to we need to remember that the the elites that are in charge of our corporations, our media, our universities, all that they're not America. They're a small faction of America that has an outsized influence, and we need to put them in check. And I think politics is the best way to do that. What you're saying is partially the conclusion I've been coming to recently, which is that. You could legislate morality when you have, like you said, super majorities. When it's, you know, divide half-half, I think maybe government should stay away because it's going to be like a civil war type, you know, everyone shoving your values down my throat, I'm shoving your, my values down your throat. But where it's like a super majority, then like so in the olden days, by the way, till, till today, there are 16 states that have laws against adultery. In New York, till today, if you commit adultery, technically speaking, it's illegal. They haven't enforced the law in ages, but technically speaking, it's illegal. So I think when you have like a supermajority, like you said, then you know 99% of people agree, then you could sort of legislate it, or 95% or 90%. When you don't have that, then it becomes more problematic. But in the cases with the kids, I think you're completely correct. Almost everyone normal does not want to have kids being sexualized. Um, you have – you published – your organization, the American Principles Project, published a document recently – called the 25 Top Threats to the American Family. And the number one threat, according to that document, was sell out Republicans. Explain if you would. So I wrote that article, and I felt very passionate about it. In fact, I wanted to do the whole report about how sellout Republicans are what's ailing the country and what's causing our real downfall. But we wanted to make a bigger case and bring more people in. But essentially, my argument is simple. It's that the Democrats are pushing policies that are so unpopular, they're so destructive, they're so easily defeated, right? Sex changes for minors, aborting baby in the ninth month, sexualizing kids in school, taking away parental rights, eliminating religious freedom. There's nothing compelling about their social agenda. And I can't understand why our party would be afraid to take that on. It's not politically popular. It's destructive. It's critical to the future of the country. But it's sellout Republicans that are keeping us from doing that. Right. It's I, I get criticized a lot. When I wrote that article, they said, we need to stop punching right. We need to punch left. Well, I'm trying to punch right. I'm sorry, I'm trying to punch left, but the right keeps getting in the way. The sellout Republicans, when I try to punch the left and make them pay a, a political price for aborting babies in the ninth month or, or, or sexualizing kids in school, the right, the establishment, the sellout Republicans, I'm trying to punch left. They're getting in the way and blocking my punches. So you, my advice to the sellout Republicans is get out of the way. Let us fight the left where they're weakest, which is sexualizing kids and killing our babies at nine months in the womb, and you won't get hit anymore. So get out of the way. Let us fight. We'll end up winning these battles. They're very easy to win. There's not a compelling case to give a child a sex change. And so it's just very frustrating to me that, I mean, imagine Abraham Lincoln speaking about sex changes for minors. Do you think for, for one second that he would have given an unequivocal opposition to that question? Of course not. It wouldn't even be a thing. We are dealing with small-minded, weak-minded, weak-willed cowards. And, and it's really frustrating because evil is always going to exist in this world. We can't get around that. Humanity's fallen, and there's no changing that. We have to defeat evil, though. And the only people that can actually defeat evil are the Republicans now. And the people in charge of our party are keeping us from defeating evil. So there, until we defeat them, until they stop stopping us, we'll never win. And we'll never defeat these evil people. 
I came across a quote recently. It was Teddy Roosevelt saying about, I don't remember who, but he said he has the spine of a chocolate eclair. And that's what many Republicans seem to have. Uh, talking about abortion, I think many people think about abortion kind of like an abstract way. If you actually force them to watch videos, and I saw on Facebook you had a video, with, and I uh, shared it with my feet, and of course no one's liked it because I'm sure Facebook has suppressed it. If you actually see these videos or learn what actually is involved in abortions second or third trimester, they're barbaric, where they literally pull a baby's limbs apart one by one. While the baby's still alive. I mean, like you said, I think most people who watch those videos, any normal person who watches those videos says, no, there's something terribly wrong going on here. Uh, look, I've been I've been working in the pro-life movement for probably 15 years, uh, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, that video really struck a chord with me. It was, um, for those of you that haven't seen it, it was the testimony of a man who used to perform abortions or had been involved in that. And he gets dragged into a last-second abortion, and he sees on the ultrasound the baby moving away from the instrument trying it was a it's a later stage pregnancy it was like 12 or 13 weeks and the baby's moving away from the vacuum it's moving away from the forceps and he tells of the horror that he felt inside when he saw on the ultrasound the baby be ripped apart and it just struck me because you I, you know I've been working in this fight I know how important it is but I haven't been touched like that or affect, my soul hasn't really been affected by the abortion fight um, the way that that video did. We just need to tell people what's going on, right? Like, we, we, you know how hard slavery was to defeat? It was really hard, right? People had billions of dollars. Today's equivalent of billions of dollars invested in slavery. It was a tough fight, but we had to do it. And I'm so sick of these Republicans who look at all of these egregious things and act like they would have been Abraham Lincoln when they won't even stop sex changes for kids, right? Like, I'm sorry, slavery's like way harder to defeat than sex changes for kids, and you won't even speak up and oppose that, right? Like, not giving kids pornography is way easier to stop than slavery was, and you're acting like you're Abraham Lincoln. You're not, you're not even, you know, William Howard Taft, right? Like, you're a loser. You can't even stop the most easily and most important fights of our day. I just... It's really frustrating. I'm sorry, Elliot. Um, it kind of went off there. No, 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 not at all. And I think you quoted in your article about pornography at the time, this person who wrote this, the majority opinion, 1997, he said, well, we don't have to regulate the internet as much as we regulate, let's say, movies or, you know, selling magazines because the internet is not as pervasive as TV or radio is or something. <laughs> This, yeah, that, that would just confirm my, my suspicion that the Supreme Court uh, is very bad at predicting the future, right? Like, I don't know the last time I sat down and actually watched a television show, right? TV has been revolutionized. Netflix releases series all at once. TV used to be a community thing, actually, right? Because you'd have one show or a few shows that your family would watch together or a group of friends would, and you'd all get together at the same time in the same place because only one of you had a TV and only one of you had cable. You know, like there were very limited things, but now everyone has a smartphone in their pocket. They can watch literally whatever they want on YouTube or Netflix or Hulu or whatever, you know, social media outlet they're using. It's it's a totally different world, and the Supreme Court just got it so wrong. And at the time in 1997, when that when they struck down that law, the fastest internet speed was like 56k, right? It's like 56 gigabytes a second now, right? Not 56 kilobytes. Like it's, we skipped a whole mega thing in there, in between there. Um, it's just enraging. These people are striking down laws that the people are passing through their elected representatives, and. 
we're getting screwed on it. I mean, it, it isn't a coincidence that this generation of Americans is so transgender and so confused about their sexuality and so sexually destroyed that it just so happens to be they were the first kids raised on smartphones. The first kids raised in an age of unrestricted, unregulated, high-speed internet that can deliver you whatever videos you want on a second's notice without anyone else knowing. Your kid can literally be watching porn in their room without you even knowing about it. That that wasn't a thing when I was a kid, right? I didn't have a TV in my room, let alone a little smartphone that could trans like have the images and everything sent to it. Uh, it's criminal, and uh, we're going to be really screwed unless we fix it soon. Right, and I've heard different things about filters. They work, they don't work. I'm not sure if you have any good experience with filters or. No, there's some good ones out there. There's the Circle One from Disney is really good, but why do I have to buy a filter? Why do I have to buy a filter? I, the internet should be just like letting my kids go to school. I shouldn't have to worry about them being sexually molested on the way to school. We need help from our law, right? Like, we have laws in place that prevent people from kidnapping my kids and prevent them from sexually molesting them. I just need that applied to the internet. Like, pornographers target our kids online. They advertise to them. And, and even if it's not pornographers, there are people in these forums that are going on. And you can say, oh, well, you just need to do, do a better job being a parent. I'm sorry. I'm, the, I'm parenting. Have you, do you have kids? Right? You know how hard it is? I don't want to be a helicopter parent. I shouldn't have to be a helicopter parent. I will go insane in this world. My, my parents had struggles, but they were different struggles than what we have today. You have to monitor your kids 100% of the time. You can't even let them go spend the night at their friend's house, right? Because you got to make sure that their, their parents are just as on it as you are. This is a different world, and parents need way more help um, than we've ever needed before because the, the threats to your kids are just so dire. I know the organization, you're Catholic, the organization is non-denominational. I was wondering how would Orthodox Jews possibly fit into your organization? Because I'm sure there are many Orthodox Jews worried about the same type of issues that you're worried about, raising kids to be moral human beings in this world. I'm wondering if there's a place somehow in their organizations for them. Well, look, I we partner a lot with a lot of some of my best friends are Orthodox Jews in New York City. Um, they help guide me on my policies and what we do and what we fight against. And they're natural allies. Like you guys are a great community to tap into. There's really not a lot of divisions. I mean, it's just the whole Jesus thing that divides us. That's it. <laughs> uh, you know. But on the values front, we have the same worldview, and there's no reason we chose to be a secular pro-family group for this very reason, so that we weren't cutting out people because they weren't Christian, right? Like, I want Orthodox Jews to be a part of American Principles Project and to do events with us and come to our, our gatherings and to help guide our policies and programs and our focus. I want, you know, if you're a Muslim and you support what we're doing to protect family rights, I want you a part of my team. And that's, we want an AP, American Principles Project to be as religious as the founding fathers, which is essentially to acknowledge that God exists, that there is a creator, that he gives us our rights. And because of that, we have to protect them. That's the, that's the role of government is to protect our God-given rights from bad actors like people trying to sexualize our kids. So um, I would love to do, I, you know, I, I will say I would love to go speak more at Orthodox Jewish events, um, at their schools, at their parents, teachers, you know, meetings, all of that. Um, there are some really strong communities in, in New York City, I know. Uh, my friend Nachman is, is a great guy, and um, he's telling me a lot about what's going on in the schools up there and how there's a real need for this. But I'd love to work together, let them know about what we are seeing as the biggest threats, but then also 
and this is this is the most important about running an organization is getting the information from them about what they're seeing happen at the local level, what threats that they're feeling uh, from their local communities, and and how to address that. It's a it's a it's a both ways thing, and um, I learn a lot from all of our partners. But the, the Orthodox Jewish community is phenomenal, and they've been they've been really good partners over the years. No, I mean, Orthodox Jews escape some of the problems that you're mentioning because they have private schools. But again, let's go back to that example I said earlier. Most advertisement campaigns in the subway system last two or three weeks. When I first saw these Museum of SEX ads, I'm like, okay, I didn't like it. You know, very huge letters and provocative pictures. But like, okay, you know what? It'll be over in two or three weeks. It was a running ad for three or four years on the subway, on many subways, including many subways, Orthodox Jews Road. I'm like, I'm like, how come no one is speaking up? And I think people just feel helpless. Like, you know, who do we go to? Who do we say? You know, okay, this is just this is modern America. You know, and like you said, who's for it? Maybe five percent of the population would be for that, and yet they get away with murder because I guess people don't know what avenue to go to to speak up, and it's very sad. Uh, I, I, I will just say I do think that sometimes civil disobedience is required, peaceful civil disobedience, and I, I, I do. I, I you know I, I remember these advertisement campaigns a few years ago, or there was some other one when it was like open mouth French kissing with like tongues going back and forth and highly sexualized things on the subway. And I remember a black mother with her children tearing those down. We need to start doing that, right? Like, I'm sorry, but if the government's not going to protect our kids and, and if the subway system's not going to protect our kids from that stuff, we have to do it, right? These are public places and we can't post pornography there. And um, and I think it's po- totally moral and ethical to just tear those pornographic photos down. They, they never should have been there in the first place. They have no, you have no human right to put pornography in the public square. And that's just the reality. And so I would encourage, you know, if you can't get your own government to do it, well, let's just make it costly for them to keep allowing it, right? Let's make them have to replace those every single time, every single day. Let's make them enforce the upholding of that. And then we can go to court and fight it. But we, we do we do need a little bit of civil disobedience, I think. Um, not, I'm not saying what the left does because they burn down our cities. They kill people. They burn down our cars. And they cause absolute total mayhem and chaos. But I think it's okay to to throw away pornographic books in your kid's public school library, right? I think it's okay to to rip down pornographic advertisements on the subway. Um, those that's totally permissible, especially in comparison to what the left does, which is burn down our cities. Right. Okay. So I'll end with two things. Number one, I just wanted to mention because you're talking about how family issues are a winning issue. I forget her name, but in Texas, there was a lady, a Hispanic who ran for government. She flipped her district to a Republican for the first time, I think, in like 150 years. And she ran explicitly on God, family, country, even though normally Republicans would say, run away from, from God, family, country. And she only ran on God, family, country, and she flipped her district for the first time in 150 years, which proves that family issues are a winning issue. I just want to end with this issue, um, the importance of having children. I know you have six children. Orthodox Jews have a lot of kids also, but in general, conservatives don't have so many kids. I was wondering if you could talk about the importance of having large families. You know, it's so funny um, because I don't know why you would limit yourself and how many kids you have, right? Like, I get it. I get it. I get it, right? Like, you don't want to go on vacation more or you want you want to save up. You don't feel financially secure. There's something weird that things just take care of themselves, right? Like, if you're a good parent, you'll figure it out. But we really need to stop putting things before family formation, right? Like, if you if your job isn't paying you enough to have more kids, then get another job. Right, like if, if if things are costing too much and they're keeping you from being able to have kids, then cut your costs. 
cut your budget. There is a way to live reasonably. I'm not saying that grocery bills going up and all. It's very tough. It's been a tough few years. I trust me. Having six kids, you feel the effects of inflation six times worse than everyone else does. Okay, I'm not denying that. But stop putting everything else above your family formation, above having more children, because you're gonna you're gonna be miserable at the end of your life. Like you want to have as many kids as God gives you. Like we know what I mean. It like Americans had a very hard time coming to grips and accepting artificial birth control, and it was because when they first introduced it. Americans were appalled, and it didn't matter if you were Jewish, Muslim, Christian, atheist, you know, whatever. God's in charge of when, of who lives and who dies, right? God's in charge of new human life, and he's in charge of when we die. We have come so far around now, we're all our own gods, like, right? We've replaced God, and we're now in charge of how many kids we have. Just let God decide how many kids you have. That's my thing. And, and, and if you are like me, if you're weird like me, right, and you have a ton of kids— instill that value into them. We can actually out, we can defeat this movement in just a few generations, right? Because I'm the eldest of 10 kids, okay? My mom had 10. There are only five of us that are married and having kids right now. We're already 19 grandkids, right? So we've already, like there are now 30 shillings um, and they're all, they're all conservative, by the way. You really want to win these political battles. You want to turn the country around. Just have more kids than them because they're making themselves infertile. They're literally sterilizing themselves with sex changes. They're deciding not to have kids. We have to do it, right? Just from like a basic like not dying as a nation thing, right? Like nations that go through depopulation, by the way, it's very painful. You switch from construction and growth and expansion to your biggest industries being demolition. The industry in Germany, they had population decline for several decades. The biggest industry in Germany is demolition. You can look it up. They're demolishing factories. They're demolishing homes that no one can live in. It's terrible. It is sad. It is the death of a nation when you aren't having more kids. So the biggest piece of advice is, one, stop putting other things ahead of your family, your job, or your, or your cost of living. Cut your costs. Cut your cable. Get a smaller car. Get a cheaper car, right? Like get rid of the Tesla. Get a get an Escort, you know? Uh, get a Ford Focus. Those are great. But the other thing is, is instill those values into your own kids. And teach them to accept as many kids as God gives you. You're not going to regret having another baby, right? And if you do regret having another baby, you're a terrible human being, right? Like, oh, like which one of my kids do I regret? Are you kidding me? I don't regret any of them. They're the best thing ever. And they change the world, right? Because those kids are going to go on to be someone's best friend, someone's spouse, someone's doctor, someone's teacher. We're not islands. We impact and change the world. Each one of us, when we come into the world, change the world in infinite and immeasurable ways. So you're not, I'm just going to tell you, you're not going to regret having the extra baby to have as many kids as, you, as God wants you to and instill those values um, into, into your next generation, your, into your family, because it's, it's super important. And you're not going to regret not only having more kids, you're not re- going to regret your kids having more kids, right? Like the happiest people in the world are grandparents surrounded by like dozens of, of their grandkids. Like it's the best feeling in the world. It's euphoric. Uh, I can't wait to be a grandfather myself. So anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> I went on another little rant there. Uh, no, it's great. Um, if people want to learn more about you, your organization, where should they go? If you, if you, if people want to find me um, on social media or follow me, you can check me out at Shilling1776 across all social platforms. 
or you can go to our website at AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. We need a lot of help. Um, you can contact us there. You can request that I come speak. So if you have a group that you'd like me to speak at, you can put in a request and I'll come and travel and meet with you and talk about how we can save the family locally and, and how you can be a part of this whole whole great movement. All right, that does it for us. Stay tuned for next week's episode of The Elliot Resnick Show. If you like this podcast, please give it a good rating. Please share it with your friends. And if you want to become familiar with some of the greatest books that have ever been written, sign up for our newsletter and you'll get a link to my new venture, Educate Yourself Through Elliot, a program by which you could get educated vicariously. Reading books through me, I will summarize the main points, highlight the most famous passages and ideas, one hour per book every single week. See everyone next week.